Hello, everyone. How are you doing? Welcome to another episode on Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast. We are here with another exciting guest that's going to share his perspective through his journey of education, thinking through, at the time of this recording, all the buzz around, I'm going to say generative AI, but for many of you, it's the chat GPT, or who knows by the time this goes out, it could be maybe you're, you finally got released on the wait list from Bing, or you've, you've fallen in love with Bard, whatever the flavor of the day or hour might be. And uh, the conversation itself is not all about that, but really thinking about education and our approaches to, edu- to how we teach and approaches to students learning. And so I'm really excited to bring this guest in. I've already learned a great deal from him. And I think he is just among all of us trying to navigate these waters to figure out what this is. Not that we have all the answers, but just a a, a wonderful conversation ahead to uh, figure out where we are in our headspace. So, so Peter, I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this conversation. I've been following your work on LinkedIn and other stuff. Actually, I've been following your work through not just AI, but through some of your other work that's not AI related and uh, our paths have finally crossed here. So I'm really excited for that. So for those that don't know who you are, uh, who are you? What do you do? And uh, what in the world do you got going on? Okay, Aaron. Well, first of all, thanks. Uh, thanks for the invite. I'm I'm excited to talk about AI and a little bit about my journey there. Uh, and just a just kind of a thumbnail. I've uh, started out as a high school social studies teacher. I you know I did that for about 25 years. Uh, just for a reference point, when I first started teaching, my tech landscape in my classroom was a blackboard, an overhead projector a film strip projector. We used to get movies from the BOCES uh, uh, library. And of course, mimeograph, which you may remember <laughs> is that that funky smelling blue paper. Right. So that's kind of where I started teaching. And um, after about 25 years of that, um, I kind of drifted into being a teacher on special assignment. So for about five years, I coordinated a history department, uh, uh, K-12. Somebody said, gee, you should be an administrator. I said, well, I don't have paper for it. And I said, I'm going to be 50. And my friend said, well, you're going to be 50 anyway. So, you know, why don't you go get the paper? So I did that. And then I spent about five years in, you know, as an assistant superintendent of instruction which is a whole nother podcast when you go from, oh, from teacher <laughs> teacher to ASI and kind of skip over, you know, assistant principal and principal. But we'll save that for a follow-up. Um, I've been working as a consultant and a curriculum designer for well over 30 years, and that's kind of gotten me all over the place. Um, my public school teaching career was all back in New York State. Now I'm out in uh, Portland, Oregon where for about the last 10 years, I've been an adjunct at the uh, University of Portland School of Education. I teach uh, in the master's program. I've been teaching a social studies methods class and also an ed tech um, kind of boot camp when they first come in in the summer. I uh, teach an undergraduate ed tech class. And all this is done very PBL style. Uh, all our work in the courses is done on WordPress. I teach my students to use it. All our work's very public. Uh, we've been very outward facing. We've developed a whole bunch of iBooks. Uh, we developed an iOS walking tour of Japantown in Portland. So we've done all kinds of stuff. Um, so so that's kind of the the details. But But I think before we talk about AI, just want to mention my teaching style because, you know, my views on AI are really driven by how I like to teach. Sure. Uh, honestly, when I first started, I was the, you know, the quintessential history teacher that you had back in high school, you know, lecture, put on five shows daily, unit tests, you know, you know, the whole bit. And, and I used to wander into the, the art room next door where, you know, I had to get stuff, you know, 
pens and papers and construction paper. And I used to think to myself, you know, how does, what would Tom's class look like if he taught the way I taught? And I said, well, you know what? He would look like uh, he'd be up front painting and the students would be watching him paint. So I started to wrestle with the question, what what would it look like to teach U.S. history if I taught the way an art teacher taught art? Mm. And so that kind of drove what I was doing. And I think I kind of moved from seeing myself as dispensing content to really becoming a designer of learning experiences and really trying to focus on getting the students to use higher order thinking and a lot of historical thinking skills, giving them a lot of choice. And then really giving them a chance to reflect on their learning, which parenthetically later got me to develop something called the taxonomy of reflection, which if you Google is very popular and people seem to think it works. It's kind of my model for reflective prompts. Um, throughout all of that, I was always looking for tools. You know, what could I use to make it better back in the 90s? I started using front page and teaching my students to use front page and eventually teaching other teachers to use it. Uh, in the early 2000s, I started doing a lot with print on demand. Uh, I was based in Rochester, which is the home of Kodak, Xerox, and Bausch and & Lomb. So it's a very print-centric kind of imaging center. And I hooked up with some people that were actually the publishers of those books that you make when you send all your photos off to turn into a calendar. And we actually created kind of a print on demand for educators center at this factory. Mm -hmm. We started training people. Uh, and then uh, iBooks author came along in the um, early aughts there. And uh, so I started using that, which was a free way to, again, get students publishing, getting their work out. And so I you know, I've done all sorts of work with them. And uh, and kind of the epitome of all that stuff, uh, just, a, just a quick story, and then we'll get into AI. Uh, I was asked to come up to the University of Alaska, Juneau, to teach in their MAT program, the intro course. And they recruited me for tech skills. And they said, we want you to teach Alaskan history. Now, mind you, you know, I've got 40 <laughs> students a third of them are native Alaskans and they bring me in to teach Alaskan history. And I say to the guy that's recruiting me, I, I say, well, you know that, yeah, yeah, he goes, don't worry about it. I just want you here for the tech stuff. So I came in, I announced the first day, I said, you know, guys, I want to be really honest with you. I don't know much about Alaskan history, but we're going to learn about it together and we're going to work in the archives. We're going to interview elders and we're going to put out an iBook on Alaskan history and culture. Uh, and that'll be our project for these next three weeks. And uh, it, it it ballooned into so much that it turned into six iBooks. It was a series. Oh, wow. and we got it up and published in three weeks. And, uh, and it went on to win some awards as textbook of the year and some iBooks author conferences and things and so forth. So, I mean, that's, that's, that, that's kind of the epitome of it, which is, which is to say, you know, how, how can you design learning experiences? How how can you find the right technology that allows kids to be creative, that allows them to share their thinking? And quite honestly, I think AI, as scary as it seems at times, may be the next tool to do that with. Yeah, so, I, I love this. And as you were, I appreciate you sharing all that because the ideas that, that, that come to mind while you were talking through that is, Two things. One, it's very clear that you're a lifelong learner, which I think in almost every case of educators or anybody really, we're, we're, we're constantly learning whether we realize it or not and whatever our interests are. And you can see that through the stories you've told. And I think the other piece is like this, this constant refinement or the reflection um, using, you know, some of your own work on what are our philosophies of education? How do we approach teaching and learning? And, and, and wherever we are, that's, you know, I always like to say that that's where we are in the moment, but it doesn't mean that that's the end point. And you've kind of showcased this kind of evolution of you constantly thinking through what I want to be as an educator. I like that, that, that story of connecting it through the art teacher. I think that, that, that's, that's pretty powerful. And so here we are, you know, you're, 
started with mimeographs and once you have that smell you'll never forget it you know and <laughs> and, and things constantly move and groove and evolve and things come and go but here we are in this world of AI and, and AI is not new. It's not like this is something that just radically emerged, but there's been a tool chat GPT that is really, as I've been telling people, kind of shaken the pillars of education a bit. Um, and it's made them take a look in this field and realizing one, maybe they've been using it and not realizing it Two, uh, this new tool is now maybe forcing a lot of us to rethink some, some bigger things. Um, and so as your, going through your own journey, you know, not just where are you in your headspace, but how have you been trying to grapple with that in terms of, I, I don't know your whole context of, of knowledge with AI, but I know for me, like I understood like just surface level stuff. And now this, these tools have really, I've, I've taken a nosedive deep into it, become intrigued by it. And now it's got me rethinking bigger things in education that I've been grappling with since I've started my career, you know, how have you tried to navigate some of this? Because I think it's important both for those trying to process AI and I think this bigger picture of how we continue to process our own practices, regardless of what the next emergence of whatever it is going to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I want to say that that I jokingly tell my friends that I have a veneer of understanding of technology. You know, I <laughs> I don't really go under the hood. So despite the fact I've been teaching people to make websites for since the mid nineties, I don't know HTML, you know, yeah, so right, right. that, that, that kind of sums it up, you know, <laughs> I yeah, mean, right. so I, I don't pretend to understand um, everything that's going on with AI. I mean, certainly like a lot of people I had been watching AI creep into my life, you know, and starting, you know, I'm telling my speaker to, shuffle steely dan while i'm you know washing dishes or something and realizing well it's it's kind of smart but it's not too smart <laughs> and i think like everybody else when chat gpt dropped a few months ago that was like a wow and 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 the thing i can kind of compare it to uh having been around long enough is i can remember when the ai excuse me when uh the the web was text only mm. and it was kind of this niche thing and people were in these little chat groups and you know, um, whatnot. And, and suddenly, uh, you know, in the mid nineties, I think it was Netscape figured out a way to, you know, have images and suddenly, whoa, the web's here. And within a year or two front page was out and I was making web pages, you know? So, so I, I, I'm, I, I'm really new to AI. I mean, what I understand about it, is it something, um, um, it, it, it's, it's certainly far far from the usual search tool that we think of, you know, I mean, it isn't, you know, it's very interactive. It allows you to have follow-up queries to shift the focus. I sort of like to think of it as um, like a real eager, a bright and eager assistant, you know, someone that really wants to help me. And they're very enthusiastic and very skilled, but they're very inexperienced and prone to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And, apt to bullshit if they don't quite know, you know, yeah, know what the yeah. answer is. So what I'm finding is that as I dig a little deeper and I'm subscribing to all these sub stacks and whatnot, <laughs> right. people talking about AI and I'm, you know, <laughs> learning to be a prompt wrangler and you know, all this stuff. Um, but, but I'm starting to feel that this has really got an opportunity to become a, 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 a real powerful tool and assistant for teachers, as well as a, a learning tool for students. And, and especially something, you know, if, you know, if you think about um, students that, that um, um, are really skillful, like they kind of know when they're not getting it and they're really reflective, um, and students that struggle in school are ones that kind of let the teacher tell them what to do next and they wait for the next cue. And they're almost like a computer that's waiting for you to click OK, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think AI gives students a chance to interact with uh, a kind of intelligence which um, sort of mimics higher order thinking 
and really forces them, forces the student to think about how they want to frame the task. And, and, and so I think that beyond just the product you're going to get out of it, I think it has an opportunity to really force students to become more reflective, to understand their process. For example, you know, what's your process for writing? I mean, do you just sit down and start it like the introduction, like the finished product? Or do you do a free write and dump everything in your head? Or do you do an outline? Um, you know, AI gives you a chance to get some help in any one of those approaches. And so I think what, what, what it has the opportunity to do is sort of uh, help us kind of take more responsibility for our own learning. And because it is kind of fun and it's kind of goofy, it, it's also kind of alluring to just take a break and ask it something stupid. So, so I think it's not just a serious product, you know, it's kind of a fun product. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to seeing some of the things that kids can uh, do with it. Yeah, and I appreciate, you know, there've been several times in this in this conversation where you've admitted like, I don't know how to do that. We talk about the Alaskan history or I don't know all the things to web design or the AI, we don't know all the things. And I think that's a really important concept for, for any of us is I think sometimes there's this burden that we feel as educators, whatever your role might be um, in the education field, I'll just say educator in general, where we still have this uh, pressure that we put on upon ourselves that we think we have to know everything. And I think as, as we're, you know, kind of unveiling this landscape of, of these tools with chat GPT or it's Bing or whatever it's going to be, either the, the video or the photography tools, we don't have to know all the nuts and bolts. We do need to explore and maybe have a little bit of an understanding. We figure out what it means for our class. But I think that vulnerability to be like, I don't know, but let's learn this together. I think is is, is a really crucial piece um, to navigating what this looks like. And so as you're, as you're going in and you're diving in, and like you said, uh, the prompt wrangler, I like that. I like that phrase a lot. Uh, you know, how are you slowly trying to process this with the teaching and the stuff that you're doing now? Like, how are you, I mean, I've, I've looked on your website, I put the link in the show notes and I've seen you've got like an AI toolkit and it's not like it's like banned and, you know, not allowed. And, and you're trying to like piece these things together. What's that looking like for you? Or what are things that you're trying to consider and process through for people who are in the same same boat as you, or maybe for some that are going, man, maybe it is time for me to kind of start to think about this, but I don't even know what to even consider. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, getting, getting back to the point you made about feeling like you have to know everything, you know, one, one of the, one of the challenges that I think uh, teachers often feel like they, they're sort of required to be the smartest person in the room. And, you know, I can remember when I first started teaching economics and uh, high school economics, and uh, I'd, you know, I'd say, call on someone like, Aaron, why don't you come up here and graph this for us? And then the class would say, because he doesn't know how to graph it, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> which was partially true, at least at the start. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've never been afraid to admit to students that, you know, something's new, it's a work in progress. And and I realize a lot of people are not comfortable with that. So, you know, one of the, I think, challenges of AI is because it's so new and because it's so interactive that, you know, I think, you know, step one is a kind of a willingness to just jump in, you know, and, and realize that, uh you know, you're not going to get the results you want kind of right off the bat. Um, I I think people need to uh, understand that, uh, you know, there's going to be some negative uses. And I think, you know, to get a few things out of the way, I mean, I realize, you know, places are banning it. Uh, you know, I've read real solid work from people like Gary Marcus, who's a cognitive scientist, who says it's a disaster in the making and that it's unreliable <laughs> and we're going to have, a, you know, a flood of disinformation coming from interconnected fake crypto sites. So, I mean, there's all that 
sort of stuff. And at the same time, if you're on social media, like like I'm sort of weaning myself from Twitter and I'm enjoying Mastodon now, but you know, there's all these sort of Jurassic Park examples of people jailbreaking AI to get it to work outside the guardrails and get it to swear and be racist. And so, I mean, somebody's always going to be screwing with right. it. So, I mean, I just kind of put that all aside. I introduced it to my students uh, just this term, I mean, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and mind you, I didn't even know about ChatGPT <laughs> a couple of weeks before that. So, you know, I sort of brought it into the classroom and I, first of all, I said, you know, what do you guys know about it? And, and some of them had heard about it. And uh, because I post um, my lessons in advance on the WordPress site, this one girl came in and she said, oh, my dad's so excited. He's been using it all the time at work and he's very excited for me to use it. You know, some someone else was already part of a gang of guys that were sitting around at night hacking it and trying to get it to be nasty, you know, and sort of everything in between. And so I I, I kind of generated a series of exercises and I gave them some prompts and I had them working in teams and I got them to go in and kick the tires. Um, and then they shared out what they found and people were, uh, of course, we, we're speaking of AI, but we should clarify that you've got this sort of chat GPT kinds of things on one side, and then you've got the image AI things like mid, right. like mid journey and Dolly. So, so I was kind of doing both at once, and they're generating all these crazy images, and they're doing all this stuff, and, and we kind of, um, you know, you know, I often think when I'm teaching something new that that I kind of don't like to put a lot of structure in terms of what the students have to produce. So, so I sort of kind of went in and just let them mess it all up, you know, and, mm -hmm. and some people came back with good stuff. Some people came back with bad stuff, not, not, not bad stuff, but stuff was just kind of silly. Others were very successful at getting to uh, Dolly to do some pretty cool images. Uh, others just kind of produced junk. And so from that point, we said, oh, okay, look, uh, getting to use AI is really all about, you know, learning, to work with prompts. And so now I've got a role to say, let's start focusing in uh, certainly what I know, what I've learned, what you can learn about using prompts, and then you can make it better. So, so it was kind of a free for all followed by, okay, now let's see you know, if there's ways to really get this thing to deliver what it is that we're looking for. Uh, that's broadly how it worked. Yeah. And I think you, you, you hit on a key point there, something that was just speaking with um, some district leaders earlier today uh, at the time of this recording. And we we're just talking, I was bringing up the idea of like things to consider and there's obviously a lot to consider, but like we're, we're in this, this space now where I believe like something that like chat GPT has brought to the surface. And this is my own opinion um, is like, we've kind of not been very good at digital literacy. Like we still have a large amount of kids that don't really know how to do a proper Google search, so to speak, and do the advanced tools to really figure out how to parse out key information. And now here we are with another layer of how to gather information and how do we, like you said, the prompts, how do we craft the prompts? Because if you feel like it's not giving you what you want, the odds are you didn't write the prompt in a way that could pull the information out. Not that it's perfect and everything to be right. There's mistakes and there's lots of those things. But now we're in this space of, especially like post-COVID, how do we work to have better conversations with one another as humans? And then how do we have conversations? I'm going to say machines, and I know that's not necessarily the right way, but like with the algorithms and, and the prompts to be able to, to get out information that we need that can help us be that springboard into further learning, new thinking, that type of thing, not as a, a prompt to like have like a final answer. And I think we're, we're, we're trying to grapple now with like, holy cow, like we've got some serious things that we need to think about how to weave into the education system because the disruptions here, this is the way forward, whether we want to, whatever our emotions are. So how are we helping kids be ready to use these things that are available, not just now, but moving forward uh, to be successful? Yeah. Well, that's uh 
That's that's a big question. Uh, you know, I've you know I've tried to break it down for students to say, okay, first of all, you're actually not having a conversation. You're actually giving it prompts, and you know you don't have to be polite. Saying thank you doesn't get anything better. What you really need to do is you need to think about the intersection of your subject area knowledge. Mm -hmm. So, for example. Yeah. If I'm getting Dolly to come up with the illustration I want, having an understanding of art history or styles, or if it's going to be a photographic uh, style image, you know, lens settings and terminology. So, so there's that, but then there's also your descriptive skills. You know, how do you fine tune it? What's the sequence of the prompts? Um, and so, you know, I've, you know, I've tried to share with them that obviously the more elaborate and specific you can be, the better the results you're going to get. With something like ChatGPT, it's sort of keeping track of what feels like this conversation. And so you can, you can sort of use it to revise previous work. Like, for example, if you've had it write you a five paragraph something or other, you can say, let's go back to the third paragraph and let's focus on this. Or you can break requests up into smaller chunks. Uh, for example, work on the introduction for the while, you know, for a while until you get the tone you want, and then you can build out from there. Uh, I've told them that you can play with things like persona and style. Uh, you can um, ask, now again, I'm speaking lar largely about the uh, chat GPT or the sort of text-based stuff, but you you could ask it to revise and be more concise or more wordy or to be more specific. You can say, you know, please give some examples here or explain the reason for doing something. You can you can play around with things like tone and you can say you want something more academic or more friendly. You can play with audience. Um, you know, let's say that you're styling this for students or you're writing something that's supposed to be professional or it's something supposed to be a fifth grader. Uh, and, and, you know, if you think about what we've always tried to teach students about communication, you know, it all starts with audience and purpose. And so what I find is that everything that you need to work with chat GPT, let's say, to get it to write the thing you want to write, or Dolly or Midjourney to get it to generate the image you want, really comes back to just learning to give very sort of specific detailed instructions. And so what it's, what it's really doing is I think it's training you to be a better communicator. Mm. Now, somebody may come along and say, well, listen, you know, the, the brains behind AI is so weird that you just think that's what's going on. But but the fact of the matter is, I I know that I can get it to do better, you know, and, and with repeated attempts and going back, um, it'll, you know, it'll come up with some pretty good stuff. And, and then there's knowing what not to do. Like, for example... You don't want to ask it for facts that you can't check because right. it's just going to make stuff up. I mean, it's an incredible bullshit artist. Yes, and it, it is. And it lies with great. I mean, <laughs> somebody somewhere has got, got to be doing a George Santos chat GPT, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, merge because, you know, it'll it'll just happily fake what it's doing. Um, so, so you really have to think about what you're asking it. And, and the kinds of tasks. So um, at least at the broad level, that's kind of my starting place with uh, students and anyone that I'm working with on it. Yeah, no, I think it's, you know, as you were going through that, you know, it makes me think kind of through a new lens of the very things that we're, we're thinking the kids will no longer need to know using these tools, they almost inadvertently need those skills and thinking <laughs> thinking prompts to be able to truly use the tool in a way that that will be useful to them and it was it was funny even this morning i was 
I was trying to dabble in with the idea of code and I know it can do different types of languages. And so I was just messing around with it and I was trying to get it to see if it could do like block based coding with like Lego education or, or the new spike prime robotic kit that's out. So I was having to try to write some code. Now it doesn't like give you visuals in the chat GPT, but I had it like, I want it in word based blocks. So it was going through and it gave me the answer, so to speak. And what I found really interesting was just like you said, like it, it made stuff up, like the actual thinking progression of how to do the code made sense. However, like three of the blocks, it referenced you to click in these, you know, like it would tell you, go into this section under controls and then grab this block. Those blocks actually are like non-existent. They're not even actually like <laughs> the things, but what it, what I was, what, what I liked from that though was I, I still have to know then what blocks to put in it and replace off in lieu of, <laughs> you know, the BS that, that it's, it's giving, even though like the thinking behind it, kind of like the pseudocode was actually spot on. It's just that those things weren't actually in existence. And so it just has me thinking too, of like how to write the prompts like you've been talking about, but too, like we still have to have some, some, some underlying knowledge to make sense of, you know, not just to detect the BS, but how to navigate these things. Because if that's what I would have tried to do and I didn't have any working knowledge, there's no way I could have used it. Like, cause I would have been stuck on step one when the block didn't exist. So I think there's, there, there's like this inner interesting intersection that maybe through the curiosity of students, they're going to want to know stuff. Or you talk about like the visual tools. I've spent more time researching like artists and people I didn't know trying to find like a really cool style that maybe I could create some images with that I've never thought about before. And now I'm like going down these rabbit trails of art history and different types of artists and things that, you know, I never would have done likewise, but right. I really want to, I really want a really cool picture that's different from the rest. And so now I'm, you know, just dive bombing into like all these people. So I think there's, there's some interesting like catalyst for curiosity or provocation that could come from, not like saying you must use it, but not just blocking it all altogether. Right. And I think, you know, um, it, 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 um, it sort of becomes like a critical friend in a way, you know, um, uh, my, my thinking style is very conversational. So for years I've had friends that I know I can go grab a beer, a cup of coffee with and bounce ideas off of. And, there's kind of like no other way for me to get into that that sort of sweet spot of trying to you know explain something to somebody in the hopes that in as I explain it I'm going to better understand it so it's kind of like me summarizing but I'm really brainstorming and we're having conversations I'm trying to frame it with them and I'm starting to say you know what I I'm kind of able to do that with ChatGPT you know I don't have to buy it a beer I can just sit there and I can kind of bounce ideas off it and go back and forth and uh, uh, sort of bring it to bear in different points in my workflow. Yeah. You know, like, for example, I might I might give it an outline of some things I want to do, uh, or I may just give it a real blank page and say, hey, you come up with an outline, you know, and it's sort of the there's there's so many different intersection points and i and again i think this comes back to that ability to be reflective and as you start to better understand how you work and what your workflow is um then you're going to have opportunities to say well this is this is the point where i could maybe run it through here and just get get some feedback or or, or just get a counter argument i mean i mean it you can get it to disagree with you and Come, come up with reasons why not to, you know, and uh, again, you know, you don't have to buy a beer. <laughs> I guess it's kind of free, but, you know, who knows what's going to happen next? I mean, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's probably about to be monetized, like as we speak, but uh, yeah. No, I love that. So, you know, I think one of the, the biggest short-term worries, fears that I think are in education, you know, in the short term, why people are trying to just wrap their head around all the things and what does it mean? And I've never heard of this and this, that, and the other, you know, the first thing that always flares right up is 
the the topic of like plagiarism of cheating of copying and mm-hmm. you know that 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 kind of immediate emotional feel that we have like oh my gosh especially you know if you're probably like a, a language arts teacher or something within like the written language where that's the bulk of your work you know and how how are you not that there's a crystal clear answer or a approach but like how are you trying to work through that topic, you know, with, with, with what you teach and the students you're working with. And, you know, it's, I think it's one of those, those pieces that I think it opens up a much bigger question. You know, we, if we're worried about the plagiarism and stuff, then I think there's, there's some other things we need to think about with our pedagogy and practices, but it, that doesn't necessarily like, isn't the answer to give right away when someone's kind of feeling those emotions, yeah. but you know, where, where, where are you currently at grappling with, with, with that topic well that's that's a that's a, that's a big question uh <laughs> what one of the things i would say is it goes back to my teaching style so for example i am not um i am not someone who thinks that teaching is talking and if and if i say things really slowly and and clearly somehow the information will go to you and that conversely if you raise your hand and tell me what I was, you know, and play guess what the teacher's thinking and you give me back the answer I want, you can, you know, I'll say correct, you know. So, I mean, I, I, I sort of killed off that information flow a long time ago. Yeah. So basically in my classes, every week students are working on projects. Like, for example, in the ed tech class, I may give them a few tools and then ask them to create a product with that. Uh, sometimes the product has some focus, like it may be a particular kind of lesson, but oftentimes it's, you know, whatever kind of lesson they want, because I have students that are, you know, student teaching, say, in the second grade and students that are student teaching in a high school chemistry class. So, you know, I I I, I pretty much say, here's some tools, here's some ways to use them. I want you to use that to design a lesson. and because this is all going to be online, that um, the audience for it isn't me. The audience is the rest of the world. And, you know, if you're going to try and get a job as a teacher, you're going to be able to point at the digital portfolio from our course, which is why we're not on Moodle, though the rest of the school is. I mean, we're outward facing. So in that particular regard, the stuff they're producing for me isn't anything that you know, sort of mimics the traditional paper. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, that means that my teaching style kind of lines up very nicely with not having to worry quite so much about plagiarism. That's the first thing. And as somebody very wisely told me years ago, if you can't fix it, feature it, you know, um, I say, okay, look, chat GPT is out there. So use it if you think it'll help you, but all I want you to do is be sure at the end of your post or your lesson that you explain how you used it and how it worked and reflect a little bit onto whether or not it helped you, yeah. you know? So uh, for example, you know, you've got uh, the ability as a teacher or in my case, my students that are studying to be teachers, you know, they're they're basically in the business of generating learning resources. And, you know, this can be a great help. You know, I would say to all teachers, I mean, think of think of all the differentiation that you've wanted to do. Well, here's your opportunity to have, you know, pump in a reading and have it uh, turn it out at three, you know, at three di- different Lexile rate, you know, scores. Um, um, and so so the so the plagiarism is kind of less of an issue for us. It's uh, um, you know, going back to the larger question for other teachers, I mean, I think they're wrestling with the fact now that that some kid's gonna go on Google and copy and paste something out of there. And if you're a bright teacher, you learned you take a real unique phrase, put some quotes around it and search it and you know, you can go find it. So, so basically they were already plagiarizing using that. We had a way to catch them and this just broke that. Right. (laughs) And so now I realize that there's people that are going to come along and say, 
well, I've got a tool that you can pump this in and you can tell me if AI, uh, excuse me, and it'll tell you that AI likely produced this. And I'm sure there's going to be ways to hack that. So it can't. So, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm just really not even interested in going down that road. I mean, you know, in the same way that I, uh, you know, I would have people say, well, you know, we shouldn't have students carrying smartphones in the classroom because it's a distraction. And I'm saying, wait a minute, you have like more computer power than Apollo 13 in every kid's pocket. And you suddenly want to make them drop them off in the front of the room. You know, if they're using it, it's because you've got a boring class and they're distracted and they're on their phones. So how do you leverage those devices? You know, I mean, it's really kind of no different than that question. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same, and, same ball and chain, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if your goal is to say, well, we're just going to take it all away so so you can't use it, then, you know, they'll they'll uh, give you some burner phone and they'll keep their real one, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, you know, I would share just just for people that haven't really messed with it yet, you know, I just had a kind of a few thoughts for teachers as to what they could do with it. Some yeah, absolutely. Specifics. So, for example, you know, we talked about generating learning resources. So, I mean, you want handouts, worksheets, guides, summaries, and all that. Very easy to do. Uh, I mentioned differentiating instruction. Uh, very e easy to tell it to generate ability-appropriate content. Um, you can, you know, you could give it a prompt that says, create a lesson plan for blah, 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 and it'll develop a lesson plan for you. You can tell it to design a formative assessment. Um, you could ask it to say you're about to study this particular subject. Will you give me some terms and, you know, a glossary of terms and definitions? Uh, will you create a rubric so students can self-assess? Will you give me exemplars of a well-written essay on a topic that meets, a, you know, certain criteria? Um, so, I mean, you think about all that kind of stuff you can do. Um, and, you know, if you're a good teacher, you're doing a lot of it on your own. Um, will AI do it better? Probably not. But think about if AI got you three quarters of the way there and with a lot less of your own time, you could be reaching a lot more students, you know. Uh, you can dig a little bit deeper. You could... You could plug in a, a student's essay and ask it to give it suggestions as to how to how to improve their writing, and it'll generate some things which are generally pretty workable. Um, I find that um, you know it really works great as a scribe. Like for example, I, I years ago, you know, I started trying to use Dragon Speak or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Voice yep. to text. And, you know, I went through about three different versions of it at different times. I kept coming back to it. But I always learned that my speaking voice, you know, just doesn't match my written voice at all. I mean, it's just a whole other way of communicating. Yeah. And so what I do with, with AI sometimes is I will do the voice dictation into a device because AI doesn't do voice dictation or, or at least the products I'm using don't. Someone will come up with that next. But um, so I will dictate and I'll get the text and then I'll put it into AI and I'll ask it to remove the redundancies, add punctuation, make it more coherent. And it kind of cleans up what had been my sort of oral stream of thinking into yeah. something that now I can work with, you know, a, a little bit better. And so I've been you know, I've been encouraging students to do that. I've been encouraging them to um, uh, really use it to be more, you know, as I've said earlier, reflective about their practice. You know, they, uh, students are asking it to generate outlines, research questions, brainstorming ideas. You can test and prototype with it um, to summarize complex text. Um, and you can, I mean, you can get very specific. I mean, you can, you can say to AI, Hey, listen, I want you to tutor me. Now we're talking about chat GPT here. 
uh, to prep for the GED or the U.S. citizenship test or something else. And uh, you can uh, you can even ask it to do some adaptive testing of a subject. So if you get it right, you get a harder question. If you get it wrong, you get an explanation and perhaps an easier question. Uh, I've been kind of playing around with it as a discussion partner and maybe as a participant in a Socratic seminar, mm. either leading it or being a member of one. I like that. Uh, you know, it's kind of another voice in the room. You know, you can, you know, we can be kicking something around and pop it in there and then we'll let's see what uh, what the big AI brain <laughs> is going on. You know? <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think we are so early in this, um, you know, we're certainly going to, well, I just read where Microsoft is going to put it into Word and PowerPoint and Outlook. So, you know, before long, there's going to be a little AI sidebar. I mean, I use uh, Neva, I think I'm pronouncing it right, as a search engine. And already I'm getting kind of an AI produced paragraph with references. There's a uh, there's an AI tool called Proximity, which kind of is a merge of search versus just chat GPT. And it actually gives you a kind of a, you know, paragraph style answer with footnotes showing you where it where it got mm -hmm. the source material. So there's all kinds of things coming along. And, you know, Pearson's just sitting there drooling figuring out how to, <laughs> yeah, how, right. how to merge a learning management system with AI. Oh my gosh, you, know, you mean, bet, you bet. You know that's right <laughs> around the corner. <laughs> yeah. Whether it'll be any good or not, I don't know. <laughs> we'll have the Pearson stamp, so that'll make schools feel, yeah, yeah, feel yeah. comfortable. But yeah, I know. I mean, even it's it's funny as we, as, we, as we talk through this, you know, I think whatever they don't have like i don't know if the official version but they say chat gpt is like version 3.5 and i know like if you've got access to bing and which is microsoft's browser um and it has chat gp in it they're supposed supposedly using version 4.0 because it does provide the footnotes now um if you've been off the wait list and i don't know i have not had that luxury yet i've just seen seen videos yeah, so no, I think it's, you know these, these these tools are just constantly you know, enhancing based on what people are asking. And so, it, I mean, just sometimes patient is a virtue, you know, just it'll, they'll constantly evolve to keep the users using. I mean, because that's at the end of the day. Um, well, I mean, look at, look, look, think about, you know, when phones got, got to be, uh, smartphones suddenly were geolocated, right? Yeah. And suddenly someone said, well, People have cars, people need rides, people have phones, we know where the driver is, we know where the ride, you know, I mean, it, it's just going to be iteration after iteration, you know, and as I have tried to share with people is, you know, they think about Bloom's taxonomy and my taxonomy of reflection, you know, when we talk about creativity as Bloom defined it, being creative was not like, well, I'm a great poet or a dancer, it's really finding new uses for existing things. You know, it's putting things together in new ways. So, I mean, I think we're just, you know, we're barely on the front door of what's what's going to happen. And if you uh, find yourself subscribing to any AI email lists or whatever, I mean, there's just lists of product after product, right. AI for real estate people, AI for dating apps, AI, you know, I mean, just... Everyone's just saying, what happens when I stick AI with something else? Yeah, right, right. And I think it's going to be, you know, it's weird because I sort, you ever, uh, you know, you know, you're on a trip and you're in and out of a lot of different places and you're using different uh, like, like sinks and some have automatic faucets and some don't and you, you know, and some you actually have to turn the thing. I think I think we're in for this era now of like varying amounts of AI and things, you know. Yeah. Like for example, if Siri starts to mess up my playlist, I mean it's hopeless. I mean I just <laughs> Siri is just, you know, dumb as dirt, you know. And so we're going to be using products and suddenly or, or, or services or tools, 
and some of them are going to have AI in them, and we're going to like flawlessly say, oh, this is great. I'm going to leverage that. And then others are going to be like, like, like this clunk because there's no AI. And it's like, wait a minute, you mean I can't just fix this with another prompt kind of thing? Right. And right. So, I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're going to be going through that for quite a while now. Yeah. Yeah, we are. And it's, you know, kind of reminds me of my, my vehicle that I've got, you know, a, a phone holder. So I can listen to my, my Sirius XM that sits above the CD player, uh, you know, <laughs> that now just occupies space at one time used to be the end all right. be all of worth my, my, my CD wallet. So I can properly get my right songs in the right order. And so it's uh yeah, we just, hey, we, buddy, just listen, we just keep advancing. <laughs> listen, I am I'm old. I'm old enough that I used to be bombing around with an eight-track. Hey, that. there you go. There you go. Listening to Grand Funk Railroad. That's right. You know, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Peter, this has been uh just a delight of a conversation. It's been fun just yeah, to, yeah, it's been to fun. sit and talk and chat. And I want to be respectful of your time here. And so, you know, as we, we come to a close, I didn't I just want to make sure if there's something that we didn't get to that you want to share make sure you have space for that and if if there is great if not that's also fine you know and we'll definitely listeners know by now um all links will be in the show notes but you know if people want to know more about you and and, and kind of follow some of your work and thinking i think you've you've opened up my mind i'm thinking through some different things and i'm sure the listeners as well you know where are some of those those obvious places and i know we'll get everything linked into the show notes where they can they can find you yeah, well, I, I'll I'll uh, share my uh, content with you, and you can post. I mean, I have so much stuff online. I've been online for like thirty years. Yeah. I have so much content. I can't even keep it all straight. But I'll you need, uh, you need an AI just for your content. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> um, but but I'll uh, but I'll uh, I'll make sure that there's some e easy ways to get there. And I think uh, this has been a you know a lot of fun for me as I said to you, I I kind of think and by talking. And so actually some of the stuff I said to you, I was was almost like new ideas for me too, you know. So I awesome. you, know, you know it's been fun. And uh I'm sure if we check back uh in a while, you know, we may want to burn this. I mean I <laughs> Right. I mean, I, I mean, I can remember telling people that, you know, you should be teaching using Facebook, you know, and, you know, and, and some things that I would run screaming from now. Right. right. Oh, maybe, uh, maybe when we hit the Jurassic Park moment and the, uh, and AI starts to break out of the fence, we'll, uh, they'll come for us and say, we, <laughs> yeah. we, we didn't warn them. <laughs> Look what you said. How dare you? <laughs> But for now, I think, you know, I think it's a good starting point. And it's been a lot of fun, Aaron. I, yeah. I, I've, I've enjoyed talking to you about it. Yeah, well, I greatly appreciate you uh, carving out some time and uh, having this conversation with me. So uh, thank you uh, so much for, for joining me today. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Woke up at six o'clock in the morning, chilling with coffee mugs, me and coffee chugs, talking education all across the nation, pushing boundaries, thinking innovation. Chaos. <laughs>